0: Hey, would you do me a favor, and would you thank Tammy and her team, Ms. Joy and Ms. Jeannie, for all their hard work? And I think... I think Tammy is actually still in the kitchen. So when you see Tammy, just uh, just thank her. Um, Tammy is definitely a, a, an example of excellence, ministry with excellence, and so I'm super grateful for her. Scott, I'm going to give you a heads up. I'm going to ask you to open us up in a word of prayer in a minute. So I'm just giving you a heads up, like I do all the time with people when I ask them to pray. I always give them advance notice. So. Uh, I'm really good like that. Not really. Um, I hope you've enjoyed your weekend. Ladies, I hope you had a wonderful night on Friday evening. And guys, I know we had a good time yesterday. Uh, Only one of us got hit with an ax, and that was, you know, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Wow, everybody was like, you're an idiot. Um, No, we had a wonderful time going through one and two. So I want to go ahead and introduce and but I'm going to ask Didi come on up. And then Scott, if you would, would you just stand where you are? Would you open us up in a word of prayer as we dive into Philippians chapter 3?
1: Is it on hello hello testing one two all right here we go thank you we have it on all right well good morning you guys how are y'all y'all look so purty and fancy this morning um I just y'all this morning you know y'all have so blessed us by the way I don't know if you know this but my husband and I you don't know how much this trip has meant to us even personally you know he's a pastor and. It was just a perfect break of what we needed in our own ministry and for us personally. And so we've been right on the beach, and I just want to tell you guys thank you. It has been a major blessing for our marriage and just for our own retreat time. But this morning, I'm just going to tell you, I opened the blinds, and, you know, it was so pretty and so kind of cool, and the waves were coming in. I saw all these couples, you know, kind of older couples holding hands on the beach, and all I could think about... Was the 80s and 90s commercials where John, where they're walking along the beach and they say, you know, don't you remember the songs of the 80s? And they start singing, tonight I celebrate my love. You know what I mean? So all I could think of was those commercials this morning. So I just want to tell you, thank you so much for allowing us to come here and putting us in such a beautiful place. It was very refreshing. Um, second of all, um I've had some of y'all ask me some things this morning about a certain um, football game, and I just want you guys to know I am here to focus on the Lord and <laughs> not to be caught up in trivialities, and I am going to take Philippians 3 seriously about forgetting what is behind me and pressing on towards the goal. I'm a Razorback fan. I am a Woo Pig Suey, so we got beat by some Auburn people. However, I will say, if you're a Florida fan, my husband is an LSU fan, so he has something to cheer about this morning. So, So, all that to say, no, seriously. Um, Thank you guys for letting us be here. I just want to ask, ladies, can you remember, before we dive into Philippians three. Just tell me one thing that we've talked about in Philippians one or two. Not right or wrong. Just one thing you remember. Unity. Unity. Very good. Okay. Men, one thing that you've learned you remember from yesterday. Oh, well, let's take unity one step farther. Unity is a byproduct of submission to Jesus. Well, it sounds like he did a way better job than I did. So, yes, that's awesome. Okay, so, and what does the whole book of Philippians revolve around? If you had to piece it all together and it all kind of came back to this one thing, what section of Philippians would that be? You have to know, girls, ladies, you know this one. Where does it all go around? Center upon. It all comes back to Philippians. Who said that? Did you say 4.13? No, but that was close. <laughs> two, yes. We've got a winner back there. Ding, 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 ding. Philippians 2. And he says, you should make your attitude like this, like Christ. Remember? Let's, let's take a glance back there just for a minute to refresh our memory. Uh, Philippians 2.5, it says, make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus. Think the same way as Christ Jesus who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. So did he, could he have said, hey, I'm God, <laughs> you know, I'm God, you little people, you know, I'm God, you need to know who I am. He didn't use it towards his advantage. But what did he do? Instead, he did what? He emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, <laughs> like he could have humbled himself even more. He humbled himself even more. What did he do? He, right, he became obedient to death, even death on a what? On a cross. I mean, the ultimate shame, right? And then what's, what happens? The reversal we see. So then what happens here? For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, those who are in heaven and those who are on on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So I know, I love that. Um, So I just, you know, we should just confess now, just confess it now, because everybody will confess it one day. Okay, so that leads us kind of up to Philippians 3. And we, and we went through all of this and we, we park here in Philippians 3 and he starts off and he says, finally, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. So it has a very happy tone because, right, what is, a, what is a, one of the themes of this book? Rejoice, joy. Okay, rejoice in the Lord. Okay, to write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a protection for you. And then you go to verse 2. <laughs> it kind of seems out of context. What does yours say? What is the first word, your guys? Watch out. Does he say it once? Twice? Three times. He says, and you want hear the fancy Greek word? It just kind of sounds like they're in trouble. Blapite, blapite, blapite. You know what that means? Look out. See, see, look. It's an imperative. That means it's a command. He's saying, you watch out. It's kind of like me telling Maddie, Maddie, look at me, watch for cars. No, look at me, watch for the cars. Maddie, watch for the cars, right? Paul is kind of telling us, getting our attention and saying, watch out. Because what he just described in Philippians 2 is so much beyond us and is a freedom that we can never earn on ourselves. It is a gift of God. And so he is saying here, he's saying, Watch out, watch out for those dogs. <laughs> well, that's sweet. Who do you think he's talking to? See, when he says those dogs, what'd you say, honey? The Judaizers. Yes, you get a gold star. He's a pastor. You can't answer anymore. Okay. (laughs) To, To the Judaizers, because what is he fixing to say to them? They were fighting over circumcision. Just, I mean, Paul in circumcision. If you're going to get a debate with Paul, it's going to be over circumcision. I mean, this guy debates it in Galatians, right? I mean, they go have a whole debate about it even in Acts 15 because it wasn't really that circumcision was the issue because circumcision was a sign under the law of the new covenant, wasn't it? It wasn't really circumcision. What was really the issue behind it? Karen, I know you're eating. Tell me. Yes, and what did he want them to have? Freedom in Christ. That's right, Freedom in Christ, where we're on the same playing field. So he says, listen, listen, you dogs, you people who are really uh, Jewish Christians who are insisting on um, circumcisions for these Gentiles. So just think about that. What would that produce in a church? You'd have the circumcised group, and you have the uncircumcised group. Division." What could the circumcised group be be putting out this or Superiority, right, pride. I'm really spiritual. I'm circumcised, you know what I mean? I mean, who says that today? But seriously, back then, they could have said that. They could have said that. So he's saying, that's not the issue. I want everybody on the same playing field because that's who we are and what we have in Christ. I don't care what your background is. I don't care if you've done this religiously, none of that matters anymore, right? It's who you are in Christ. So he says, watch out for those people who are taking your freedom. Because what happens in Acts 15? Does anybody know what happened in Acts 15 where Paul fights for this adamantly? The counsel of what, Karen? Karen, don't fail me. Very good the Jerusalem council and what was the issue of the Jerusalem council uh, circumcision. circumcision and and what what were they fighting over if they should ki- go ahead
0: some of them wanted to make everybody conform to Judaism and circumcision
1: and all the laws and everything that go with it right right so, I mean, y'all can kind of understand it. I'm not, I'm not condemning these people because they held to the Torah still, right? Torah, I mean, they, this was the book of Moses. And so they're trying to figure out in young Christianity and Judaism, where does the Torah fit into the gospel, okay? So so Paul, who knows his stuff religiously, he was the very first one to say, listen, this doesn't matter anymore because we have a new sign, Right? We have a new sign. What, what, what replaced circumcision now in Christianity? Well, Jesus. Yeah, that's a spiritual answer. Who said that, Karen? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was harassing her. If it was somebody else, thank you for saying Jesus. Um, yes, it was Jesus. I'm sorry. I thought I heard Karen so I can harass her. But, um, but baptism is our sign, right? It's our sign that we are now... One in the body, right? So, so thank goodness, everybody, uh, that circumcision is not still the deal. So it is, it is about our baptism in the faith that he cleanses our hearts, right? Because circumcision was a sign of ritual purity, and we're going to talk about this. Okay, so this is what he says. And he calls them, okay, he says, Watch out for dogs. Watch out for evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. Does your say mutilate the flesh? What does somebody else say? Did someone say false circumcision? Good, thank you. <laughs> no one said it. It's a false circumcision. It's not, it's not what the Lord is talking about by the Spirit of God. And we're going to talk about what that means. And then he goes into this and he says, we, for we are the circumcision, the ones who serve by the Spirit of God, Boast in Christ Jesus and do not put confidence in the flesh. Okay, here we go. Although I once also had confidence in the flesh. He's talking about this. He said, do y'all keep seeing this in the flesh, confidence in the flesh? If anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. So how many times does he talk about in the flesh, in the flesh, in the flesh? He repeats himself when he wants us to get a point. How many times did y'all see that? Three times. Okay, that's right. He put no confidence in the flesh. So confidence here in the Greek word, I'm not going to say it because I will butcher it, but the Greek word basically means what are you depending on? What are you trusting in? Whatever right now your heart is clinging to, that more than likely is your God. Placing false confidence... In any earthly status, whether religious or worldly, is a matter of breaking the first commandment. Can somebody tell me what the first commandment is? Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Okay. So when circumcision started to become an emblem of superiority, it had decayed into a false god. A false means by which people thought they were okay in Christ. Does that make you okay in Christ? It may not be circumcision. But what do you lean on that makes you feel okay in Christ other than the finished work of Jesus Christ through the circumcision of the power of the Holy Spirit upon your heart? This is what I love. He goes through his resume. And y'all, I'm telling you, he has quite a resume. What was he? He was circumcised, not on the 3rd, 4th, 10th. What day was he circumcised on? On the eighth day, and y'all, that's kind of a big deal because Moses, I mean, it goes back to Abraham and then Moses reiterates that. So circumcision, like I said, it was a sign of being ritually pure. If a man did not have that, they were not to approach the tabernacle. They were not to approach the temple. It was a sign of ritual purity and covenant, a sign of covenant. So back in their day, I mean, that was a huge emblem, okay? And then he goes on to say, He was of the nation of Israel from the tribe of Benjamin. Here's another form of purity. So he was ritually pure. Now he has genealogical purity. And I don't know, back in the second temple Judaism when this time was, that was a big deal. I mean, because you had half-breeds from other, and you couldn't serve in certain places if you were not purely Jewish in your lineage. I mean, he was from the tribe of Benjamin. So this guy's got it together. He's got ritual purity. He's got genealogical purity. And then he goes on to say he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. So listen, the Pharisees, do y'all remember the other group that was kind of popular during that time? The sad- sad. that, They're sad, you see, because they didn't believe in what? Resurrection. Resurrection. That's why they're sad, you see, you know? Okay, <laughs> that and the Sadducees, They kind of let in some Hellenistic beliefs at that time, kind of more worldly beliefs. And so um, Pharisees were kind of known as the, uh, if you could say the pietists, is that what I'm looking for, hun? the purity and the piety of the gospel Uh, and the Torah. They believed not only in the Torah, they believed in the oral Torah, the prophets and the writings. Well, the Sadducees only believed in the written Torah. And so, and then they also didn't believe in the resurrection. So kind of the Jewish, the Pharisees at the time were kind of known as the people who could interpret the Bible well. These are the people you wanted to go to if you wanted to know your Bible, right? So does Paul have a lot of confidence he could put in his flesh? He had a lot of confidence that he could have put in his religiosity, if I can say that word. So y'all, this is not too far off. From where we are today? Is it? So I want to ask you what is your fleshly dependence on? I wonder if we lack power because we cling more to things that support our identity instead of who we are in Christ. Because we're afraid to lose anything that contributes to our flesh. That would be painful. So, I, I made up my own thing, and I want us to take a few minutes to do this in a second. So, instead of me saying, Hey, my name is Dee Dee, and I am a pastor's wife, a PhD student, um, I know this person in the ministry world, um, I have three kids, I, everything that can make me be something. What if I said, I'm Dee my citizenship is not on this earth, but in heaven. I am chosen even before the foundation of the world. He set me apart to be holy and blameless before him. My righteousness is not found in my seminary degree, who I know in the ministry world, my status as a pastor's wife, but my status is in Christ. My identity comes from righteousness that is only accomplished by faith in and through Christ. I count everything else that exalts my flesh as a loss in order that I may gain Christ. What if in our church, I say so the first question that we say, how are you, so what do you do? What if the first question in our church for a month, a good solemn month was, who are you? Then next you ask the question, how are you? Because if we really understood who we are, we think these other things we hold on so tightly to, that's not really our identity. If you're a believer, who you are matters most, Than anything else, and so that's what I want us to take a few minutes to do. Since you're already in groups, I'm going to love this. So take a few minutes, and you saw how I just wrote my little who I am in Christ. These are the things that I think may that may help my flesh. I want you to take about five minutes, okay? And I want you to write your own. Hi, my name is Laura. Where's Laura? Hi, my name is Laura. And just because I know everything going on in NASA, she says, "Dee, stop it." And I know everything about the sky world. She doesn't, but she tells me she she has some cool stories. That doesn't contribute to her. These are the things that she is in Christ. Okay? So find like two or three verses that can that can tell you about who you are in Christ. And I want you to substitute that with what you do. Does that make sense? Am I being clear as mud? Everybody's staring at me. Clear as mud? Okay. Hi, my name is Bob. Where's Bob? Bob. Hi, my name is Bob. Hey Bob. Okay. I am this in Christ. I am chosen. I am forgiven. Whatever verses you choose to stand on, I am not, whatever ministry you are, I am not, these do not contribute to my salvation, okay? So just take a few minutes, find some verses about who you are opposed to what you do, okay? Can we do this? We can do this. Okay, all right, let's use your brain. Okay, go. You have five minutes. You can do this. You can write on your paper or whatever you have in front of you.
0: All right, guys.
1: So you at least have one or two things down. Okay, let me see here. I'm not gonna call people out just to call people out, but Bob. <laughs> 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 Bob. But he's like, why did she why did I tell her my name this morning? <laughs> I'm like I'm really regretting this. <laughs> okay, Bob, who are you? Well,
0: I, d- I just wrote two verses down. Cause it We're was perfect. Good. And
1: it was the one I've always thought is we just went over Philippines. God knows, uh, God will be with me until He will complete. He will not quit His good works in me. That's right. And also, then I go to Joshua 1.9. That so you get that, to be. Do not be discouraged. That's right. Because he is always with
0: me all the time, and it, it is me. It is not a Bob thing. It's not when I speak with other people. It's not a them thing.
1: It's a God thing. It's a God thing. Did y'all hear that? Hey, do y'all have another microphone that works here? Nothing like the last minute. Um, so Bob said this. Bob, that was good. He talked about that he who began a good work in him... Mm-hmm. He he knows that he is faithful, thank you. He is faithful to complete it. And then he also said, Joshua 1, 9, that he knows he's strong and courageous in the Lord. That the Lord, his God, will go before him and fight for him. Okay? So I just want to challenge y'all to ask people, who are you? If you? Especially if you have kids, too, in your home. Not, how was school first? Tell me, who are you? Okay, somebody else for a who are you. Hmm. Hmm. Who looks... You want? Oh, I have I have one down here. Here we go. Okay. What What is your name? Teresa. Teresa. Who are you? I am sealed. I am seated in the heavenlies. I'm adopted. I'm chosen before the foundation of the world. Um, I'm rejoiced over. I'm
0: danced over. I am loved.
1: That's awesome. Okay. And you do not put confidence in what? Anything you see. <laughs> <laughs> in me. In her. Very good. Thank you. Anybody else? No perfect answer. I know this is on the fly. I see some of y'all looking down. They're like, I don't want her to come to me. Oh, you look like a good one. What's your name? George. George. Are you mad at me, George? No. Okay. We can still be friends. Okay, George. Who are you?
0: So I, uh, I take questions 3. Uh-huh. And I make it personal. Awesome. And just, um, so it reads like, um, since then I have been raised with Christ. I set my hearts, I set my heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I set my mind on things above, not on earthly things, for I died and my life is now hidden with Christ and God. Mm-hmm. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory.
1: Awesome. That's one of my favorite verses. Okay. Now, tell me what you don't put confidence in. Who?
0: Myself, my (laughs) my pride, my judgment. Um. Any of that.
1: Yes. Any of that. Okay. Thank you. So he's not putting pride. He's not putting confidence in anything that he thinks he knows. He's just going to know Christ. Okay. We have time for one more. Who is wanting to? Oh. I remember you from oh, last year. I you too. Now, remind me of your first name again. Carolyn. Carolyn. Doesn't Miss Carolyn look pretty this morning? Okay. Miss Carolyn, who are you? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, no, not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Ooh, I think she knows her scripture. Very good. Okay, and what do you not put confidence in? The world. Okay, the world. And the flesh. <laughs> That's good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you guys for humoring me and playing along. Y'all did a great job. You did a really good job. Um, so listen, you know, because when it talks about the flesh in, in the Greek, um, it really means by a set of worldly standards. So when worldly standards begin to infil- infiltrate our church, what can happen within a church? We can what? Standard goes down. Yeah, standard goes down. We can be grouped into, this is a very, um, it can be, you know, a very white affluent church, or this can be a very poor, I mean, we can start getting into standards. You know, if our status is in our jobs, if our status is in all these other things, that can divide a church, can it? But we're really all on the same playing field. And really, all of our hearts should be what Paul said. If you could see my prayer I wrote this morning, I'll just be honest. Lord, I struggle with finding my righteousness in school and in other things. How do I forget those things in the midst of doing them? How do I press on and forget those things while doing them? I think that's one of our biggest challenges because we're still doing them. So rehearsing how, who are we? Because at any time, my degree could go away. At any time, Andrew could be exed out from our church and I'm no longer a pastor's wife. At any time, these things that I found can be taken away, even the good things. Who am I when all of that is stripped away? Not that it always will be, but when we let those things in, y'all, that can divide a church, can't it? Okay, so what does he say? He says in verse 7, But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. He's no longer putting trust and self-reliance in his spiritual CV, his spiritual resume. He's forgetting that and only finding righteousness in Christ alone. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them filth, so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that is based on what? Based on faith, not on someone's achievements, not on someone's identity. That is so foreign to our flesh. It is something when he says he considers this a loss. Do you think one day he was like, yeah, it's all loss. I'm good now. Do you think this was something he had to rehearse in his head when he was in prison and he saw his Pharisee of Pharisee friends living high on the hog? Do you think this is something he just magically woke up? Cause this is Paul. Paul was also human. Paul had to consider this and had that before him. And this is the prayer I pray so often and I love and I pray for my family. I, I pray this, I love. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Where, where was his mind? Yes. Heaven to Jesus. That glimpse of Jesus that he had, he that kept him that kept it before him. That's who he wanted, Jesus. Remember how we talked about the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord, Friday night? The day of the Lord was always before him. And if we don't live with that expectation, we will become lethargic people. We are to sharpen one another in the Lord, to be prepared for the day of the Lord, to remain in that kind of state. That's why the church needs to be asking, who are you first before anything else? And are we in that kind of expectation? Are our hearts constantly looking and counting what the world says is so great? We should not let the world's standards infiltrate our church. We should Glory and be excited about who someone is in Christ. That's what will boost up our anticipation for the day of the Lord. That's what will cause things that could separate us, right? In any kind of fleshly manner to put us on the level, same playing ground, right? Before the Lord. So this is what Paul says. And he, he goes to these people he wants to despise, right? And he's telling them this. I don't know about y'all, but if you could leave out any sentence in this... In this verse, what, what little sentence or few phrases would it be? Of oh, amen. I told the ladies this Friday night, my goal is to know him, and I pray this really proud, in the power of his resurrection. And then I go over this, in the fellowship of his sufferings. Right? and <laughs> So many of us want the power. Right without the depth of what we learn in the suffering. Can Jesus trust us with more of his spirit if he can't entrust us to keep walking through those times of suffering, right? Are we with him in both? He gives and takes away, right? Are we with him in both? And he says, not that I have already reached the goal. What is he talking about that he's reached the goal? to know him and the power of his retro- resurrection right before that, I have reached the goal, or am already fully mature. But I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Jesus Christ. If that doesn't tell you, Andrew said today, he said, honey, did you realize that the gospel message was preached right here? And he said, we just found everything, everything that is a loss that we found ourselves, that we, we make every effort to take hold of it. Because I have been taken hold of by Jesus Christ. I want to ask you, have you been taken hold of by Jesus Christ? If you haven't been taken hold of by Jesus Christ, you can't play a religious game that can get you through the kind of walk Paul had. This season in our church and in America especially, religious games don't cut it anymore. Showing people on the outside how great you are without the inside purity is not going to cut it anymore. We have to be believers that have given themselves over. You read Colossians that are truly hidden in Christ. Our lives are hidden in Christ. So he says, because I have been taken hold of by Jesus. Brothers, I do not consider myself to to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. So have y'all heard this verse taken out of context? I I used it this morning. Forgetting what is behind and reaching towards what is ahead. That's what I told all my Auburn friends. I'm forgetting what is behind and reaching towards what is ahead. But what is it really talking about? What is Paul forgetting what is behind? His self-reliance. Well, and I, you know, I was reading this because some people said his sins. I mean, that can be true. But right here, I think it's talking about, more so about his self-reliance. You know, because he's saying, I'm gonna forget that life that I had that that made my flesh feel really good and I was really important amongst the coolest and most religious people. I'm gonna forget that. And I'm gonna serve and go back to what Jesus did. Because Jesus didn't even try to boast in his godness. Did he? It talks about he didn't take advantage of it. He's saying, I want that. I'm not going to boast in my flesh. I'm going to boast in the cross of Christ. And that's the only thing I'm going to boast myself in. Can you talk about a church on fire? Can you talk about a seminary on fire? It can, it can be religious. It can be worldly. I don't care what your identity is and what you gain from it. What if it was truly all about the Lord? And has he consumed you? Has Jesus taken hold of your life? And if not, I would ask you to reconsider your identity. I would ask you to reconsider who you are in Christ. And I would ask you to wrestle with God with some serious questions. He's patient with us. Just like I was praying this out this morning. How do I forget what's behind me when I still have to do it? He can renew our minds in the midst of that to still have victory and not put our identity in those very things we have to do in order that we may gain Christ. He can do that. He knows we still have to live life. He's not calling us to quit everything and be like, okay, right? What he's wanting to do is wanting to change us in the midst of that. And that's our good and gracious God. So that we can be able to say, that's okay. And things are going, I have a heavenly home. I have a heavenly citizenship. It's not in this Roman colony, right, of Philippi. It's not in America, no matter who's president or not. It's in heaven. It's with God. Okay. We're going to close and look at this, and then I will let us have a potty break. Wait, what time do we end? Where's Karen? Okay, 10.15. Okay. So he just kind of goes on and he says, okay, therefore all who are mature should think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. So did y'all hear the words think, think, think? Wasn't that used in one and two a lot? If you think like this, think. We have to think as the mind of Christ, right? To think, to think, to think. And I like this part. It says, I'll read this and we'll close. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. Y'all be patient with one another as you grow, because I'm learning. Somebody may be ahead of you, and you could really turn around and be like, "Oh my goodness, can you not see it like that?" Right? It's that have patience and grace as you grow with your as you grow in church. So, join in imitating me, brothers, and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. Who's the example there to look at? Jesus. And who else did he talk about earlier in the chapter? Timothy. Timothy, there's no one else like him that's like-minded, who cares about other people and just not his own self-interest. Look at those people. Honor those qualities. And as I close, for I have often told you, and now say again with tears, that many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction Their God is their stomach. Their glory is their shame. They are focused on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform the body of our humble condition into the likeness of his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject everything to himself. He, 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 he. He is God and he will surely do it, right? Right? He who began a good work in you, he's going to complete it. He works in you both to will and to desire these things. We talked about this Friday, now I'm going to close. If you have this desire in your heart, God's putting that desire in your heart. Thank him, respond to him, go to him, ask him the hard questions. Thank you all for letting me speak to you today. You guys are just the most awesome. Thank you for letting me call on you guys too. But let's close in prayer. And I want us to think about those things, about forgetting our self-reliance, and clinging solely to who we are in Christ. Father, we come to you. Lord, we, there's not a person in this room, Father God, that doesn't want to forget what lies behind, but also are still living in that world. And some at the same time who have lived years and years and have said, yes, I've learned that lesson. I've seen how many times things are taken away, and I know my identity in Christ is all I really have to cling to. Father, I pray wherever we are in our walks with you, that you will give us grace and mercy. And I pray for every believer in this room right now that their faith would be the faith of Paul and can pray those prayers boldly. I pray for a church at Indian Atlantic, Father, that would be on fire for you because their identity is in who they are in Christ. I pray that they will be rooted and firmly established in your love, Lord. I pray for that love that surpasses knowledge, Father. I pray they will be rooted in that. Lord God, I pray that they would have the same attitude and the likeness, Lord, of Christ, that we would not be Christians who cling both to the world and to spiritual standards at the same time, but that our lives would be hidden in Christ. Father, I pray for every family here represented. I pray for every child here represented. I pray that they would be future warriors for your kingdom. I pray that they would be set apart for your glory. I pray that we would come at the enemy, double fold, Lord, for what the enemy has stolen, that we would come back, Lord, and that we would be stronger to fight for what you you have called us to. And thank you that you will do it. Lord, we love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all may go use the potty or whatever
0: you need to do. So.